Today I'll be interviewing my grandfather, David McPherson, who I call Pop, and he's here to talk a bit about his family research he has conducted. Emory, first let me say that I appreciate you selecting me to participate in your podcast project. I've always had an interest in history and family lineage, and in about 2002, I signed on with Ancestry.com to begin my family research. My first question is, where all have our, have our roots led back to in your research? After your grandmother, Angie, who you call Nana, and I took our DNA test, we learned that our ethnicity estimate, particularly on my father's side, came back from England, Ireland, and Scotland, and my mother's family primarily from Europe and Italy. And on your grandmother's side, Nana, the early settlers came from uh, Great Britain. For both sides of our family, early settlers came to America in either Virginia, the Carolinas, and even along the Gulf Coast of Alabama and the Florida Panhandle. Wow, that's really interesting. Uh, my next question is, do we have any royal blood in our family? At this time, I haven't completed much research that reaches back to our Great Britain and European roots because my major concentration has centered around the arrival of our ancestors in America and their migration into various parts of this country. In order to try to complete our research in a thorough manner, I am trying to march up each generation one level at a time. Why have you researched a level at a time rather than just take the four primary surnames of our immediate family? You have to remember, Anne-Marie, between your grandmother and I, we have two parents each for a total of four, and this equates to eight at the grandparent level, an additional 16 people at the great-grandparent level, and at the great-great-grandparent level, we have 32 different surnames, each with their own unique story. So you might say I'm trying to walk up the family tree by generations, which equates to about 30 to 40 years each. Okay. Uh, were any of our relatives involved in the military? Through my research, I have found our ancestors involved in every war and conflict, beginning with the fight for the independence of our country in 1776 and the War of 1812, the Civil War, the Mexican and Native American conflicts, World War I, World War II, Korea, Vietnam, and the Gulf Wars. I know you've told me in the past how you've been in the military before. Um, were there any significant events that you remember from being in the military? And Marie, I think all of the events were significant to me. I began in 1974 when I was commissioned a second lieutenant in the U.S. Army when I graduated from Jacksonville State University. I began serving on active duty for a period and was stationed in several places. I then came out of active duty and joined the Alabama National Guard and began working there. All total, I had a total of 31 outstanding years, and all of that was, to me, eventful, and I enjoyed every moment of it. Wow. Um, what have been some of the surprising discoveries you have found during your research? 
The first two, th two things that come to mind involved our female ancestors. Prior to the 1940s and 50s, I was shocked to find that the number of women that died during childbirth, there was a significant number in our family, and that is a staggering thing to find that many women that died during childbirth. The second thing involving women has to do with their loss of identity before about 1900. And by loss of identity, I'm referring to not being identified by name on the U.S. census before about 1880 in many parts of the U.S., in particular the southeast region of the country. As a result of this, it has made it difficult to trace many of our female ancestors before 1880, and it's made it difficult, difficult for me to find these people. The last surprising discovery I'll mention is a number of our ancestors that died from sickness and disease. In most places in the U.S., death certificates didn't begin until about 1900. And between 1900 and 1940, the number of people that passed away from tuberculosis, typhoid, scarlet fever, and Ill illnesses such as the flu and pneumonia are staggering. I can only imagine what it must have been before 1900 when little documentation was available to support the cause of death. That's really surprising. I never knew that. Um, do you have any funny stories from your research? I do have a funny story that I found that in 1929, 1925, one of Angie's great-great-grandfathers he was facing charges of violating the pro prohibition law in court. And he was an 80-year-old veteran of the war between the states. And that court took place right here in Calhoun County, Alabama. When they brought him to court, he stood up and said the only reason that he had any liquor in his possession and was in violation of the prohibition law was that his remedy for corn liquor was a remedy for lung trouble, rheumatism, cold, gout, and what have you. And he went ahead and said that I have a prescription that I'd like to share with the court, one quart of liquor, one quart of vinegar, one quart of honey, one pound of sugar, and the juice of nine lemons. And when he presented this to the court here in Calhoun County, he was acquitted. And this article is picked up in the November 16th, 1925 Miami News. Wow. Um, what is one of your first memories from your childhood, and where did you live? I was born in 1951 in Lakeland, Florida, and have memories of living in Lakeland and having a small grove of orange trees in our backyard. We also had a large grapefruit tree, and when I was about five years old, I climbed the trees during the harvest months and brought fruit to my mother. Then in the summer of about 1955-1956, we moved to Baldwin County, Alabama, which was where my mother grew up. My mother's family was from that area, and my mother and father began running a small grocery store in Somerdale, Alabama, which is located along Highway 59, which is now called the Gulf Shores Parkway. I spent many of my days at one of my aunt's homes helping them on their farm. Then in, the May, in May of 1957, we moved into Mobile, Alabama, where my dad started working with the U.S. Postal Service. In the fall of that year, I started school. Did you always live in a home with utilities available? Every home I remember living in had electricity, phone, and running water. However, 
we uh, did not have any air conditioning in our home until about 1959. And I never attended an elementary or secondary school that was air conditioned. I also had a set of grandparents on my mother's side that lived in Somerdale, Alabama that had a small farm and their only utility was electricity. They did not have running water and used a wood burning stove and outhouse. And that set of grandparents passed away in the mid 1960s. Okay, well, those are all the questions that I have for now. Is there anything else that you'd like to pass on about your family research? Emory, the combined research of my family and my wife, your Nana, has now about 17,000 people in that tree. I now try to work on it a bit every day, and I have been in contact with many of the relatives I would have never known if it wasn't for my research. Family research is very important to me because I'm trying to establish my family's history. Well, thank you for participating in my podcast project.